Damn, we're back. Welcome everybody to another episode of The Awakening Self. My name is Aaron Fisher. Today's guest is Natasha. Before we begin, let me read a little bit of Natasha for you. So, Natasha is a holistic trauma coach and therapist. At rock bottom, she found her calling to do the work of helping others recover from their past traumas, which led her to healing to her healing journey. And now, after going through her own personal experience of abuse and trauma, she is now guiding others on how to get unstuck, release, and recover from their past trauma naturally through holistic methods so they can thrive in all aspects of their lives. With a background in clinical hypo, uh, hypnotherapy, neurolinguistics, somatic therapy, sativa, uh, Himalayan kundalini yoga, Reiki, and coaching. She coaches clients around the world, holds private healing sessions, and leads uh, transformative workshops worldwide. So that is just a little bit about her. And let's... Yo. Hello. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, every time I every time I read this yoga name, I feel so bad because I'm like, because I want to say sativa, but it's not sativa. <laughs> and last, last time I had a guest on, I said it, and I'm just like, mm. I'm like, he's not happy with me. I know he's not happy with me. So how do you pronounce it? Satwa. That's it. Yeah. yeah. At yeah. least I got the cleaning <laughs> part right. Yeah, that's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but it's... I also didn't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's cool. Like, um, you know, I met you when I was actually in Barcelona, which was an amazing, amazing experience with everybody there in your office and what you guys were doing. And I still remember that um, I think on the on the second day, they gave me like these these like magical like power balls and I'm like ah yes those energy balls <laughs> yeah who knows that I like these and it's just like it was this lady I'm like I need to meet her and then I met you I'm like you're amazing I'm like I want to know more about you so I'm really happy that we're uh, able to have you on this episode and for you to share your story share about yourself and for more people to know how absolutely incredible you are so oh, thank you <laughs> welcome so we begin. So I read a little bit about your bio. Tell me, tell us about your story with the beginning and, you know, kind of what led you to on this path. Yeah. All right. So first, thank you so much for having me and for introducing me also and for all of the work that you've been doing as well and sharing on your channel. Oh, so I'm you. honored to be here. <laughs> um, start about me. All right, so what led me to where I am now? I mean, as you mentioned, like at rock bottom, I kind of found myself. Like, I think that's the story for everyone, right? Um, so since I was a kid, I've always felt that there's something bigger than me. I've always felt very sensitive and very connected to people and, yeah, people mostly. And I felt, mm-hmm. I felt like everything. I could feel everything. <laughs> but then, of course, growing up, um, I think all of that became dormant. When when you have others deciding things for you, like, mm-hmm. you have to do this, you better go to this school and that and that and that. And so I kind of like, okay, that kind of like painted a picture of, um, of life for me. And I thought, okay, that's the way that it had to be. And then, of course, along the way, when I was seven to eight years old, I'm going to be like completely blunt about this because I'm very open to sharing it. Maybe like six years ago, I wouldn't be able to share this. Mm-hmm. So when I was seven to eight years old, I was raped mm. by, well, I'm not going to say any names, but yeah, I was raped. And that took basically my innocence away you know as a young girl that I was and and then yeah growing up it was very hard and I always kind of thought okay it never happened it never happened and and then after that a lot of other things happened in my life like 
from getting bullied in school like i was bullied everywhere I, i go and i didn't understand why i was like why am i getting bullied everywhere like i'm not doing anything like i always try to just be behind and kind of like be an observer rather like being the center of attention mm-hmm. and then also after that i grew up in a very toxic household so all of that was very challenging for me and but of course again i didn't want to admit it until i had my first um reiki session actually <laughs> and and at first i was like okay let's just do this let's let's see then i started to cry and everything um came out all of this all of those memories came to surface and i didn't know what to do with it and i think no one can know what what they should do you know when all of those things came to surface and that's where i start my my healing journey and yeah it was it was just very very difficult um but i feel like i couldn't hide it anymore because this type of um pain pain will consume you you know if you let it suppress your emotions and that's really like my message for a lot of people like i hope by sharing you know more of my story and you also sharing other people's stories it will help people to open up more and not suppress their emotions because it's so necessary like if you don't have to talk about it like in public um to everyone like what we're doing now but if if they trust someone you know it's so necessary that necessary that we just open up but yeah what else is there ask me questions <laughs> so. well i think it's um yeah through sharing stories it kind of helps people recognize that their story is okay that they have permission that they're not alone that they're able to that there's a lot more other there's more individuals in the world that they can connect with so you where were you originally born yeah so i'm from indonesia it's rose going to mention that i'm from indonesia but now i live in barcelona and i love it here <laughs> so tell me about the um yeah the journey from indonesia so from indonesia to barcelona you know coming from one culture moving into another culture yeah i i'd love to know was and another question was was barcelona like the first place that you moved to or did you travel to a few other places before calling barcelona your home actually um when my mom remarried with my stepdad at that time um he's american and mm. so that was already a big culture change <laughs> and then um we moved to angola and angola is another like big culture change at that time because there was still like kind of war going on and so there would be like shootings outside and all of these things and that was really tough and so i i can totally say that i have seen it i have really seen life like how it's like you know seeing the poor like really really poor and people who are really well off let's say with their life and my english was not good at all <laughs> at the time and i think that's what um kind of like divided me from a lot of people and why i was bullied a lot because i've always been different like even now living in barcelona i don't know a lot of indonesians none that are like my age and so it's really hard for me it's really hard for me to um connect with others i mean though i don't really see people like with their appearances like i don't really um need to hang out with people who are my color my race and all of these things it doesn't matter to me but i feel like a lot of people are like that and um they just connect better with people who speak their language So and then after when I moved to Angola that was when I was um 10 years old and then I we moved back to Indonesia 
and then after that, I started going to university in Florida, in the U.S. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that was a big change because I've been to the U.S. before, but for vacations. You know, it's not the same to really live there and absorbing all of that um, culture and lifestyle. <laughs> and then um, after I moved to Madrid, that's when I um, would say I hit rock bottom there. I hit mm. rock bottom in Madrid like when everything opened up. And um, I went to the hospital. Uh, like I was, yeah, I was charged in hospital a lot because um, I attempted to, attempted suicide because it was just too painful for me. I really didn't know what to do and I was alone. I felt that I was like no family or close friends there in a city that I don't speak good the language. And so my parents were like, okay, come back home to Indonesia. And when I went back home to Indonesia, um, I traveled to Bali um, alone and just because I'm originally from Jakarta. And so I, I went to Bali alone and that's when I really just like, okay, let's see all of these different um, holistic therapists and s start to learn meditation, all of these things, which really, really helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. like meditation was the biggest thing. I think perhaps maybe for a lot of people, because I know some people who kind of um, doubt meditation, like, oh, really? You can really do that? <laughs> I was also like that, you know, in the beginning. Um, so I just tr tried it out, you know, just trying out five minutes, five minutes per day, every morning when I wake up. Like, And you don't have to be like in front of an altar or this nice space. I was literally just on my bed, just close my eyes, you know, and I start to cry a lot. And then it got easier over time. Mm -hmm. And journaling also also helped me. So just starting small with that, yeah. It's interesting, everybody has their own rock bottom situation in store. I know I've hit rock bottom. I know I was suicidal at some point as well. Like it, it, it happens, but I'm still here, you're still here and it, it's kind of amazing. But what, see, when you were moving towards rock bottom, like, were there signs? What what made you, like, what, nowadays, now that you look back at it, what, what made you know that it was rock bottom? What made you know that um, you were in a difficult time in your life? And why did you feel it was so difficult? Yeah, I saw everything dark. Actually, when I was, um, I was seeing a psychologist at that time, and she was saying, you don't see any gray you only saw like the darkness and when she said that I was like that's true that's true and it was really difficult for me to find appreciation in little things I guess this is also why gratitude works you know mm. when you list your, the things of, uh, that you're grateful of in the morning that works that helped me a lot like oh it's a beautiful sky all of these things but yeah at that um at that moment um I knew that I, when, what made me feel like it was rock bottom, I didn't want to keep on going anymore. Mm. And yeah, I re literally everything just went dark. That's what it felt like. Yeah, like someone switched off the lights and I didn't, I didn't feel um, like there, I couldn't feel anything. That's it, I couldn't feel anything. I mean, of course, I was crying a lot and I felt a lot of pain. But other than that, I didn't, it was hard for me to really experience, um, experience the joy in, mm. in other things. Do you understand what I mean? I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like everyone was against you and yeah, you kind of just uh, lose your your purpose. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, why am I still alive? That's that's the whole um, reason behind all of these things. And that's also why, I guess, a lot of people, um, why purpose is so important. 
you know once you kind of feel like oh that's my purpose here on earth it moves you it keeps you going mm-hmm. yeah. yeah a lot of times when it comes to those moments it's just like you know i i know thoughts that i had in my head when i was there it's like like does the world actually need me do I actually need to be here? Would I actually be missed? Like, what am I actually doing other than taking up space? You know, it's like this kind of talk, self-talk and dialogue, and then realizing that like, and it's almost like you're creating this self-fulfilling prophecy that you're creating a way to see this reality within the reality, where it's like I would prove to myself that I didn't matter by being out there but that didn't that wasn't the truth that's what i was just trying to prove to myself something to make myself feel a certain way and then later on in life you can do the opposite of being like people like me i'm great and then like prove to yourself that you're actually that kind of individual but you know growing up nobody gives you a manual of this is life you're going to feel sad when you feel sad this is what should happen exactly i never exactly. got that one exactly. <laughs> yeah and i was talking about that the other day um with actually one of my clients and we were saying like this is what what schools should teach about you know mm-hmm. but as i was saying in the beginning when people kind of paint these pictures um of life to you for me the idea of life at the beginning when people were telling me all these things like okay i guess um is just to make money that's it right <laughs> make money work and then 20 days out of 365 um days you enjoy life just 20 days <laughs> that sounded depressing but i was like okay i guess that's it <laughs> and until i discovered obviously it's not that you know there's something no but it's sold to us like that when we're kids um it's packaged like that when it's kids it's packaged like grow up job house husband wife kids work hard retire die and it's just like i don't feel like that's right <laughs> you know that's why that's why i moved to china at the age of like 22 because i'm like i don't know who i am and i need to marry somebody and be with them for maybe 58 years i'm like who's making up these rules i'm like this this is crazy i'm like i'm going to a country that doesn't make sense to me so i jumped to china and i'm like All right, this makes sense. Because yeah. it's it's the idea of it's that's how it was for a generation. But it's not how it is for the generations. Our generation gets to choose and we always get to choose. So after you've hit that that point, you know, you hit rock bottom, then you saw the therapist that you went to Bali, you saw a therapist like how did you know like what how did you know that there was a change? How did you know that there was a shift like Like I'm I'm the better way to say this is describe this process of going from rock bottom and seeing darkness to where you are and talking about light and love and compassion. Yeah. So it was honestly um the last time that I the last time that I attempted to end my life mm-hmm. and um I'm not going to go into details but just the message that came through to me when at that moment I was alone and you know like attempted suicide and then I heard a message a voice you can call it whatever it is that you want to believe you don't need to like believe in a religion if whoever is listening to this is not doesn't matter but mm-hmm. perhaps it was also my inner voice you know my higher self let's say but it was telling me like this is not um it's not time for you yet mm. like you have a bigger purpose you need to help others and i was really crying on the floor and i was like no 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 like why um i don't know how to do that i just want to end my life like no i cannot do this i cannot do this and then the voice is like yes yes you can keep going heal yourself first and then help others mm. from the things that um probably similar as yours you know i went through the trauma and 
So now I'm helping others to overcome their trauma. But yeah, it was really difficult for me to grasp, to believe, to really listen to that voice. But now thinking back always to that moment is what helps me to keep on going with, um, with my life. Because I, as I told you, purpose moves you. And to me, it feels like this is my, my purpose. Yeah. And um, so after that, I really started more. That was um, when I was in Indonesia, after a time in Madrid. And, mm. and then after that, through more practicing meditation and reading several <laughs> personal development books, <laughs> I think we all have. <laughs> and oh, yeah. just really talking, talking to people, sharing like listening to other people's stories. This is why, like, you know, what you're doing is great because like these kind of things helped me. Back then when I was going through this journey, like Instagram was not that evolved yet. <laughs> and um, so, but yeah, just listen, meeting people like strangers and they were sharing with me their deepest um, scars, their stories. And I was touched and I was like, okay, I'm not alone. I really thought it was just all me. I mean, I know there are other people. Like when you see the news, you know, there's so many people suffering. But what I had, I guess it was a lot of emotional pain. And yeah, when I hear all of these um, other stories and to have those people really in front of me and telling me their story, that was just truly touching. And I was like, okay, if they can do it, I can also do it. But when you speak about the news, it's true. The news doesn't allow us to connect in certain ways. The reason why it's like you hear about a hundred people, a thousand people, a million people going through depression or, or suicidal or, or things like that. But we're like, it, our brain can't understand that. But what our brain can understand is stories of one-on-one -on -one people being like, this is me. This is my story. This has been my life. And you're like, I'm not alone. Yeah. Like yeah. this, I, like there's other people that are going through this. It's, and then you start to see that connection. That's why, you know, there's so many books out there because there's so many stories um, and there's so many stories that we need in our life. And when you start to realize that, like, <laughs> it's funny because when you had that idea of just like, like, why me? Like, I can't do this. This is not me. This is not what I'm supposed to do. It's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's scary. Like, most people are like, it's like one of my favorite poems or, or, or quotes, which is like, it's not the darkness that scares us, it's our light. Because sometimes when we discover that we have light and that we have a purpose, then we question our worth, our value, who we are. I can't do this. It's not for me. I'm nobody special. Yes. It's the same thing that happens, but. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It's the same pattern that happens with us. And then eventually we meet one person and then we meet another and then we meet another. And then all of a sudden it's just like, I'm not special. I'm actually like everybody else. And that makes me special. The fact that I have my stories and I have my scars that don't look like everybody's, but they are slightly similar, helps us actually come together that, you know, there's, there's more to who I am and what I went through than I could ever imagine. And that's where some of the power really comes into. So when you started to see these, you know, the therapists and you started to go into Bali and to go through the process, like what helped you? What, like when you were there, what kind of therapy helped you? How did it help you? And yeah, we'll start with that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, Oof, I did um, everything. I didn't just like try one, um, but I think that's why it was also exhausting also for me. Um, I, I wished there was like one person that I can just go to and, um, you know, have all of these different tools. And, and but yeah, I tried everything. I tried tapping, um, meditation, and then, and then, 
yeah honestly just everything like crystal healing <laughs> um, <laughs> you know to why not you know when you're desperate i was like i was like why not why not just let's just try i'm i'm open to literally anything and everything but um i was on medications at that time and mm. actually after doing all of these things it helped me to stop the medications actually my mom was telling me like stop um taking your medicines i was like oh no you know maybe i should um keep on i also i didn't want to take medicines at the beginning but then my psychiatrist at the time was like oh you should um take them because blah 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 and i was like okay but then the big another biggest thing another biggest change that i made that really created a big impact was my food my nutrition mm. i was i wouldn't say i was eating really bad before but um like i would eat my vegetables i love vegetables and fruits but it was um still quite bad like as as an indonesian we grew up with um instant noodles <laughs> and that has a lot of msg and all of these things i was not educated about these things um we grew, i mean they were in supermarkets they sell them so we must think that they're safe right yeah. <laughs> but they're not and they actually discovered you know after studying all of these things i discovered how they can also impact your emotional health and i really saw that I saw how it impacted me. I mean, of course, with my trauma not yet released at that time, it didn't help. But yeah, mm. with the food, it also like didn't help um, my my emotional and mental health. Yeah, I I totally agree. It's like you guys had instant noodles. We had instant noodles too, but we also had TV dinners and like all this microwavable yes. stuff. And yes. you know, we had like deep fryers and food that goes through these processes it's almost like they're not really touched by hands they're not touched by love so when they go into your system your system doesn't know how to react to it which can cause a lot of depression can cause a lot of anxiety can cause a lot of problems within your life food yeah. is medicine yeah yeah it doesn't have the the prana the life force energy in it yeah food is really medicine like I turn so, into that. I turn to like herbs and stuff now. Like now whenever I'm sick and just like checking in like how is my emotional health? What have I been drinking like enough water? Um what did I eat in the last like <laughs> few hours? You know all of these things like I really do like keep in check and then I turn into like my essential oils. They help. They really do help. Mm -hmm. Greatly. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's checking in with yourself, and I like that because it's very important. It's like, well, I'm feeling like this. What did I eat today? What did I drink today? You know, maybe it's a sign of something's not good in my body. Maybe it's a sign that I shouldn't. Uh, I should change up something in my diet because they really do play a role. Like, there's that saying that you are what you eat. Yeah, yeah. it can it can affect you. So going back to um, your story. Would you say, like, what would you say was one of your awakening moments that, you know, you felt as if, like, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, things kind of altered and changed for you in a, in a different way. Yeah. So for regarding awakening moment, I feel that there's not just one. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people, they be like, oh, I am awakened. <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> And that that's it. No, you can have several ones throughout your life. And you can also have naps as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Love naps. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, had, I think, the first one um, that I had was when I was, you know, at that rock bottom. Mm -hmm. What happened to me in Madrid? And yeah, even during this awakening moment, as I said, it's not as pretty. It can be like, oh shit. <laughs> Sorry, my my French. <laughs> but yeah, 
that's that's <clears> why I'm, that's the first one and and then um actually the another one the really big one w- was uh was um not too long ago last year in when i went to india mm. in april and that was another big one i wouldn't say that was my second one i think i had other ones before that um although this other one in, in india that i had was yeah the most impactful one for me and um that's when i went for my yoga teacher training when i learned the satwa himalayan kundalini <laughs> and um yeah i i shed a lot of layers that i didn't know was still there i mean mm. obviously we all always have like this part of us that's there you know our our shadow our shadow is always living with us like we're co-living with them but as long as you accept it right and you become aware of it and not just like i don't want to get to know you um but yeah so when i was in india um new things came up and i shared more things and yeah i would say that was my sec my second my next big awakening moment um Yeah. Yeah, well, I agree with you. Awakening moments like somehow social media has made awakening moments seem like you're like, "Oh, you're awakened." And then your hair just flows beautifully and like you have this light that comes around you and you're like walking on water where it's just like no, it's like your hair's actually falling out and <laughs> exactly. somebody turned off the light and you feel like you're actually drowning in like a yes. a, a puddle. It's just like yes. It's a little different. It's almost Puddle like well, your tears and snot. Yeah, like <laughs> you're is. like you're not like, "Oh, I'm so beautiful in my snot tear puddle." <laughs> um <laughs> it's like, listen, everybody has this own kind of awakening moment, but it's not like I am awoken. I know everything. Nothing bothers me in the mo- anymore. You're like, "Whoa, things are different now. Like I see things different now." And then it gets to the point where it's just like what we're saying it's like oh I I have awakening moments awakening not I am woken <laughs> like <laughs> it's like no I'm awakening like and then I'm so I'm still awakening I'm like this is a lot of awakening I think I need to take a nap I'm I'm going to nap for a little bit <laughs> and then you wake up you're like oh I'm still awakening I'm like but I needed that nap and then yeah. you move forward with it Exactly this is a lifetime journey is what i always tell people it's a lifetime journey you don't just like attend a attend a a week retreat and then that's it you know all your problems will go away or take a program and that's it no i mean you might feel good after which is great it means that you know something is changing but it doesn't just end there it's every day is constant practice and that that's what people forget i think we're so used to like you know taking that medicine if you have a headache taking the ibuprofen and then your headache goes away that's what people want also with um dealing with your trauma or emotional wound they want to just like i want to see a therapist and everything will go away like like with that uh, magic wand to me and please get rid of my pain and trauma but it's not like that it's an everyday work i mean you are going to learn the tools and practices from therapists or coaches whatever um from them just that's why the tools and practices are so important because you learn them and then you can always come back to them as new challenges come to your life but you know every day and every day you're growing as well there's that growing pains right as you're as you're growing <laughs> it's true um a lot of times we want to we want to numb the pain we want not to feel the pain you know when i was growing up i had a lot of friends that were you know they would come out of rehab or they would come out of aa or i had i had friends that were suicidal that ended up killing themselves and the reason why was because they're in this group and in this group they're like there's a support they feel comfortable they feel like they've healed and then they go back in society 
and then they have to deal with all the problems again because it's you're 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 not in a close place anymore. And then they would think in their minds, "I failed. I can't do this. I can't achieve anything in life." And then some would relapse and go back into alcohol. Some would commit suicide. Some would find a different way. So when my question for you, be with your expertise, well, your experience and what you do, it's like. If somebody is going through a, a situation where they're dealing with trauma, and after they have the supportive groups or they've been on a retreat, what would you say would be some of the advice you'd give them, and what what steps would you also tell them to take afterwards? Okay, so first of all, um, if someone goes seek support, I really recommend seeking support who can also give you the right tools and practices. Because yes, support helps, but then you're going to become dependent of that therapist, coach, or whatever. And mm -hmm. you, as you said, you need to be able to go through life and learn how to manage your emotions, become aware like, okay, I am, I'm acting like this because I'm getting triggered by that. And now this is what I do when that happens. Coming back to your breath, I love um, doing breath work. Breath work helps a lot. And it's so easy and so simple. Like, you don't need, um, you know, any other thing. You don't need medicine. You don't need certain thing. It's just you and your breath. That helps a lot. Helps you to stay present. There are so many, like, different types of breath work now. And also, really journaling every day. And it doesn't have to be super long your grammar or doesn't have to be perfect <laughs> you can say anything you want and it really 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 helps and yeah as i mentioned before these are the three easy ones i would say breath work um, journaling and being in silence with yourself that could be five mm -hmm. minutes like meditation and a lot of people are gonna say yeah but i don't know how to meditate Everyone knows how to meditate. Do you know how to close your eyes? Yes. <laughs> and but they're like, yeah, but I have a lot of noises. That's fine. If the if the noises come in, let them come in. You know, it's just like when you're watching a busy street. You just watch. You don't go in the middle of the busy street and try to get yourself hit. You know, just just listen to the noise. That's it. Listen. And try to understand what the noise is trying to tell you. You know, see what's behind, what's behind the pain right now. Mm -hmm. Like, and my biggest um, advice would be, be compassionate with whatever that comes up with yourself. Because one day you're going to feel like you're on top of the world and the next day you're gonna feel like, why the hell am I still here, you know, or regretting something. But be compassionate. You're just human. This is this is what you're supposed to feel. But coming back to love, and that's what I think um, our purpose is, is as a human. You know, the mm -hmm. thing about all the human experience is to feel. That's a human experience to feel. And the real true purpose of a human is to come back to love, which is why. I recommend be compassionate when these things come up. Like, mm -hmm. okay, I feel jealous, I feel angry, but I accept, I choose to be with this emotion right now. But don't stay with it too long. Don't let that emotion or that thought consume you. You can be with it, sit with it, and try to understand. You can even name the emotion, you know? Name it like... Um, angry Amy. I don't know. I'm sorry if your name is Amy, but um, sorry, Amy. <laughs> uh, yeah, angry Amy, and I don't know, jealous Jane, and like be with that. Okay, this is angry Amy showing up. What um, what what is it that you are trying to tell me? What is it that you want to know? What is it that you need? And you know, hug, hug, and angry Amy. Imagine that you're hugging angry Amy. You can even draw of how she would look like or he would look like. And that helps getting to know your emotions. Yeah. I think it's really good. And I like what you say. It's like sometimes you feel like you're on top of the world. And then sometimes you feel like the world is on top of you. 
it's going to happen. <laughs> it does. And with the idea of meditation, it's true. Like, don't look into what others might make it seem on a social media aspect. It's not like you close your eyes, you hold your fingers, and then all of a sudden you ascend. It doesn't happen. Yeah. When the way I see meditation is you close your eyes and you sit there and you get comfortable in whatever position that you choose to be in. And then you sit in the cinema of your own mind and you're going to, it's going to put on a performance and you sit there, you eat popcorn. You're like, Oh, that's really interesting. I'm like, look at that thought. I'm like, well, I think about that. I'm like, that's crazy. And like, instead of being like, no, that's me being like, Oh, look at that performance. And like, just literally taking a step back and understanding it. And what you said as well, it's be responsive, not be reactive. Don't be like, Oh, what's wrong with me? Be like, Oh, interesting compassion love ask questions gauge because it's not trying to tell you anything's wrong with you it's trying to show you and give you signs of what you can do what's right with you it's supposed to teach you it's like it's like what you said when anger comes in you're not like i'm anger it's like walking into a classroom and seeing anger and be like hey anger how you doing it's like hey how you doing it's just like okay what's the class for today well this is the class today okay great thank you for the lesson you know and exactly but that of course it's not like oh now that i know this i can do this all the time no it takes time it takes time to to learn this stuff yeah and wherever Mm -hmm. it is uncomfortable it is an opportunity for you to grow Mm -hmm. yeah yeah when it comes to the growth and the learning and you know, everybody has their own tools. And what I like about what you said before is, you know, the right tools. So you went through so many different kinds of methods. Yeah. How did you know that the tools were right for you? And another question is how would people know that the tools are right for them? Okay. So that really differs to one person to another, right? But I really, um, recommend looking into the body and mind um, because we are an integrated system. You know, we're not just our mind. We're not just our body. We're not just that, that, that. We're everything in one. And when it comes to know which tool is right for you, I mean, you got to try them out, I guess. <laughs> don't, be, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to, to try them out. Um, be open be open to to learning but of course don't like be naive and thinking that I don't know I, I don't know I cannot think of something right now but thinking of I don't know you know what I mean just like don't, yeah. don't be naive um, to it um, I think the only way to know is really in, intuitive like I found all of these tools through my intuition just listening to my heart and then like, okay that feels good that doesn't feel good I am not um, yeah it doesn't really make um, me grow but that could also be your resistance right not the tool itself it could Mm -hmm. also be your resistance and not opening yourself up so becoming aware of that Um, yeah I think that's what, what I would say just Really do do your research and um, see what your heart, what your heart feels attracted to, what your soul feels called to. Like the people that I work with, um, is because like I I think that they're just like my soul aligned clients. <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm forcing them. Like oh, you gotta work with me, you gotta work with me. <laughs> I think they just feel feel called, and that's also what happened to me with the other people that I've that I have um, worked with as in like my mentors as well. But obviously um, there were also some teachings, some people who I didn't feel fully connected with. And that's okay. That's really okay. As, as what we, we've talked about before with our emotions, how it can be good and it can be bad, you know, just like that. Again, it's fine. It's interesting when people, the idea of like trusting your intuition, uh, trusting your heart, trusting parts of your body, it's, it takes time. 
and it takes time to learn it and understand what the trust is and know what is what is truly my heart intuition speaking and what is past experience and uh prior exactly so how can you how would you be able to tell the difference or how how were you able to tell the difference from one to the other oof this is a tough question it is <laughs> <laughs> it is because it's the feeling you know it's the mm-hmm. feeling and you can't uh, put word to it yeah it's it's a feeling um i think also though i would say my intuition got stronger i would i wouldn't say like in the beginning all oh, my intuition is super great and that's it no my intuition got stronger because i have worked with my trauma i have i know what are my fears i know what things are that make me uncomfortable and my triggers so then mm. when that comes up i'm like okay that's not my intuition speaking that's just um my fear you know that's my fear and so that's that, that's what allows me to make a difference between between that and understand what's coming from my intuition Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I definitely I would work um with getting to know your fears, getting to know your emotions, getting to know your shadow self, your inner demon. Oh. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's about getting to know yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true though because we can spend what I spent like 29 years with myself and I've only spent the last 6 years getting to know myself. You know, it's it's just a very big difference. It's like so growing up like I was with it but I wasn't knowing it. You know, I was ignoring it. I wasn't really fully embracing who I really was. It's like I believe that the reason that we feel bad is because it's our guidance system telling us you're on the wrong path right now. Like you got to move towards somewhere else, you know? It's like we're giving you a warning because where you currently are is not where you're we're supposed to be. It's not your purpose. Like move away, try to find other things like but it, yet at the same time it's just not like this is what you need to do in a case of an emergency. Open up page 1 and read this passage. If this were to happen, go to page 5. If page 5 doesn't work, go to it doesn't work that way. Like we create our own manual as we create our own life and as we create our own our own, own experience and we learn to become children again to retrust ourselves mhm yes yes and that's why meditation works right because you get to know yourself you get to become the observer yeah so and if you mhm go continue no, i was just going to say um Also that's why you know when you see kids they're very creative and that's what intuition is like too you know it's very colorful it's that creativity you don't have to be good at making sculpt- sculptures and all of these things no no that's not what i mean by creativity but it's just like that expression whatever it is that you want to channel it to you know and whatever it may be and I think growing up that creativity gets suppressed and that creativity gets judged also like when you take an art class and or a music class and they they judge you like oh you didn't do good you got an F on on that that makes mm-hmm. you feel worthless and so you start to trust less your creativity and and yeah that's what That's I what say. you say it's like If you look at children and you remember when you were a child you would do things but you wouldn't be like no no this doesn't make sense maybe I shouldn't do this if you actually look at a child he's like I'm going to do this it's yes. like I'm there's some dirt on the wall <laughs> yeah exactly I'm going to draw until the parents are like don't draw on the wall and you're like I'm not going to draw on the wall but like you're in a park and you're like oh my god look at this mud it looks like chocolate I put it in my mouth probably shouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah and like you're like I'm going to run around and I'm going to do this and it's just like you're constantly exploring yourself and your body and your learning you're creating this imagination until eventually one day we do get into schools and they're just like no 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 and then i believe that's when we start to seek permission 
And then when we get older, because we're not in these schools, we don't know how to give ourselves permission. And this is where the problems, a lot of problems can happen. But getting into that childlike state again and just kind of having fun and being like, okay, I'm going to do something that doesn't make sense today, but I'm just going to do it because it feels right. And eventually you start to build up that intuition because you're right. If somebody's like, well, tell me what intuition is. I'm like, I can tell you what mine is, but I can't tell you what yours is. Yeah, like, exactly. You'll know it when you know it, but you got to build up to it. And it takes time to go through that. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, exactly. So before we go, let's, there's three parts. Part one, if you could say anything to your younger self, what would you say to them? my younger self you're worth it you're worth it don't let anyone else tell you otherwise because they're just projecting their emotions and their pains onto you so stay stay authentic and you will you will attract your soul tribe you will attract whatever it is that you need in your life you know know that you're always worth it no matter no matter if the day is dark or the day is bright you're worth it no matter what that's beautiful yeah next i just want to acknowledge you as a person for all that you do you know coming from young trauma as a, as a kid it doesn't mean that your path <clears throat> will look one way it doesn't mean your path will look another way but you know what i want to acknowledge is the fact that you know you did go through all these things in your life you did go through all these lessons in your life and you go through them without blaming other people you know you you've taken them in you've empowered yourself with them and now you're using them to empower other women other people in the world and that is not easy, but it's very beautiful. And I just want to acknowledge you for what you do, for all your work, and just the individual that you are. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think um, blaming others, it will get you nowhere. That's one of the things that I learned. Nowhere. It will just create more anger within you and then what, you know? So letting that go you'll see that there's so many more things so many more things yeah thank you so much my pleasure and blame and forgiveness and all that is that's another conversation for another day yeah <laughs> yeah well we could go into that for days um <laughs> and before we finish where can people find you um so go on my instagram uh mm -hmm. natasha the, natasha the, my name is spelled well i think you can see me on here right it's spelled really weird like n-a-t-h-a-s-y-a-i-o-m om <laughs> so that's where you can find me on on instagram and then on facebook if you are a woman and um if you're a woman and have gone through trauma or going through under a lot of things like grief or emotional pain, we I created a Facebook support group um, awesome. called Warrior Woman. And yeah, I also have a website, um, wellness with Aku, A K K U dot com. Awesome. So I'll be making sure to put this into the link in the description for the podcast, YouTube video, and everything that we'll put these on. And once again, thank you so much for your time, for your story, and just for you being you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this amazing conversation that we're having together. It's I love nice. it. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Natasha, once again, we'll do this thank again you. soon. Yes. Okay. Thank you, Erin. Bye. Bye.